Hi, and welcome to Scooped Podcast, presented by Dig In Magazine, where you get the inside scoop on all things entertainment and culture. I'm your host, Cindy Merrim, and I'm closing weekend of SF Film Festival, which began on April 9th and runs through tomorrow, Sunday the 18th, we speak with SF Film Executive Director Anne Lai about the current festival, the organization's year-round support of filmmakers in various stages of their filmmaking process, as well as discover what we can anticipate from SF Film in the future. Visit our YouTube channel, Dig In Magazine Celebrity Interviews, to watch our video interview with Executive Director Anne Lai and subscribe. Thanks for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. and welcome to Dig In Magazine's diverse artist spotlight and coverage of SF Film Festival. I am happily joined here by Anne Lai, Executive Director of SF Phil. Hi, Anne. Welcome. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's, it's great to be able to sit down and actually chat with someone. Oh, yeah, it is really nice. And I, I did attend um, the SF Film Festival press conference, so I got to hear you um, speak about on the festival and on the film program there. So that was that was really nice and uh, informative to hear from everyone. And, um, you know, like I was just saying earlier, the last time um, we spoke, it was at Sundance 2020 at one of their special events there, which um, was really awesome because um, Sundance always hosts the best events. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's been some really big changes. SF Film has adapted quite well. And for this year's SF Film Festival, I understand that you're hosting a hybrid event with drive-ins at Fort Mason in San Francisco, as well as virtual screenings for films. And um, how did that decision come about to incorporate at drive-ins instead of just having a pure virtual festival because a lot of festivals are just um, holding it purely online. But I really like, you know, that you're also incorporating drive-ins. It makes it a little more interesting and fun and give, you know, gives it more of that community feel that we've always um, come to film festivals for. Yeah, that's such a great question, and thanks, um, thanks for uh, thanks for asking it. I mean, it, what was so interesting in the past year is just every festival has had to navigate their region where they hold their festival and all of these different elements very individually um, because different parts of the country were sort of handling uh, pandemic uh, uh, regulation and and and. Um, what it what it should look like or what it could look like in their in their sort of location. And for us, what we were excited to be able to do was a couple of things. One of the things that we learned to do in the past year was to put events online. So that was something that everyone was figuring out how to do. It was something we did very quickly after the cancellation of our festival last year. And and what that what that offered was this idea of opening up the space where you didn't have to physically travel somewhere to see a special screening and have a special conversation. Um, you could also, you know, be outside of the Bay Area and be able to join as well. And so as we came in and as we started designing the festival for this year, the 2021 festival, we knew that the spine and the foundation for the festival was going to be online. So really it became a matter of figuring out um, the the sort of easiest way that someone could navigate the platform and you know for those who are not technically minded I probably throw myself in that category how do we make it as easy as possible 
Um, so in a way, the decision to be online was not a difficult one. It sort of became then the nuance of what are the, what are the things we wanna make sure are, are accessible to our audience. Um, with the online platform, we're able to offer, you know, over 50 features, over 50 short films, and they're available, uh, almost all of them are available for the duration of 10 days, which is pretty unusual, and also available across the whole US. And that's obviously something new for us. We are a regionally based festival, and the idea is really just to, to embrace and invite who is, who is with us physically. Um, so we still are trying to really cater to that audience, but now opening it up to this idea that I have family on the East Coast or I have family in the different parts or I have a friend who I love watching movies with. I'm gonna have them join and watch movies with me and we'll sort of attend it virtually together. And then, so that feels very special and something um, we, we wanted to be able to design. The second piece of it that you brought up is the drive-in and for us, it was a little bit of thinking and guessing where will we be in April in, in the Bay Area and um, knowing that indoor, in theaters, in person was is still a little bit of a tricky thing. With the drive-in, we had a great experience with it in October of last year. We did a weekend of movies and it was just so fun. It was really great to be in person. It was really great to actually see some of our audiences. And it also felt very comfortable and it felt very safe. So we have six nights of uh, drive-ins during the course of the festival. And that has been um, sometimes the first time I'm meeting some people that I've been on email with or I've done Zooms with and hadn't seen physically. Um, our staff is there, our audience is there. Um, sometimes the filmmakers are also able to be there. So that feels like it's giving us a little bit of a hint of the future of getting back into that kind of environment. Yes, definitely. I I think that's a really positive aspect of the film festival. Um, it just makes it so much more entertaining and fun to take part in. Mm -hmm. And um, you mentioned that you have, um, you know, certain films that are being featured at the drive-ins. You know, how did you or what um, what spawned that decision to choose certain films for the drive-ins? It was um, our programming team, and we have a new director of programming, Jesse Fairbanks, who started with us uh, at the very beginning of this year, so she's not been here very long. And a lot of the thinking behind choosing what films should be at the drive-in were a few things. We wanted to have a mix of documentary and, and narrative, so that was one of the factors. The other factor, too, was what would also feel like a, a film that would work well in a drive-in. So for anyone who's been to a drive-in, the experience of sitting in your car and listening to sound on your radio and being in a looking at a screen through a windshield is not a normal regular sort of experience so um, we know that Let, let's embrace it we're in a, a beautiful location if you're if you come to one of our early you know our first screenings of the night you're most likely going to get a beautiful sunset over the water at the same time so it is a it is a eventized experience um, so that was sort of the thinking a little bit about what is a kind of film that could do well in that environment that won't get um, I, I don't know how, quite how to, like, that won't get sort of squashed by the environment that you're in and that can really sort of thrive, thrive in it. Um, I do think it's a little bit unusual to have documentaries at the drive-in, but it also feels really special. And we know that our, our audience, uh, we have a big um, a documentary community here in the Bay Area. And so being able to show that work on at the drive-in is really fun. You know, we have also one, um, 
a music and film event that's coming up on Thursday. And this is fantastic Negrito uh, performing a live score to a re-edit of the lost landscapes of Oakland. And oh, that's wow. sort of, and that's only gonna exist in that format. It's not gonna exist online because it does feel very much um, like a sort of tangible physical experience. So those kinds of things that just felt like very obvious choices. And then hopefully some, a little bit of an experimentation of trying to put some documentaries there that you might not normally see in that environment and, and, and let's see how it goes. That's great. And I love documentaries. I mean, they're always, you know, so informative and on mm -hmm. very important topics. Many are very, very moving as well. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear you have so many docs in the festival. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a question regarding the selection process for the, the films that um, you choose to be in the festival. Um, you know, uh, what criteria do you have um, in selecting the films for the film program? Sure. So all that responsibility really lies with our programming team. Um, and Jesse is the head of that team, but we also have some very wonderful longtime members of the programming team, uh, including, you know, Rod Armstrong and Audrey Chang, who've been with us for many, many years and with the organization for many years. The, the first, the, the way in which they sort of intake a lot of films um, beginning in the fall of last year. So there's a, many months sort of devoted to this watching of films, often watching films that aren't quite done and aren't quite ready yet, but you're what you know, you're catching them at a moment and knowing they're going to be ready in time for your festival or hoping to be ready in time for your festival. Um, the first criteria is always, is it something that feels um, that feels fresh and unique? Is there a voice in there? Is there a story in there that feels a little bit different, whether it's the perspective or the subject or the way in which a story is told? Um, you know, we are always quite proud to have a world premiere or a North American premiere or a Bay Area premiere. Those are always quite good, but those are not hard and fast sort of rules. There are just things that we're, that we're interested in. We're also particularly interested in having a, as diverse a pool of films and filmmakers to look like, look at. So that's both internationally and sort of trying to canvas different parts of the world, different regions, different kinds of filmmakers. So a lot of the work that the programming team is doing is trying to not only look at everything that comes in automatically as people as filmmakers are applying to the festival, but also doing outreach and talking to other festivals, other film cura curatorial hubs, and just hearing what's out there and spending time throughout the year um, and tracking a filmmaker. So being aware, maybe through our makers program, there was a film that we helped support three years ago, and we think that they're in post-production. Oh. This is something like, let's, let's, let's check in. Are they ready to share it? Are they ready to be able to do it? So there's a lot of reactive and, and proactive work that's done. And then it really just becomes um, about the programming team watching as much as possible, discussing with each other and within a team and really um, knowing, you know, this is not, I don't know that this is quite for me, but I want someone else to take a look at it. So trying to give as much um, benefit and understanding that there's something really special here. And this feels like it's a moment also that it's ready, that it's going to be ready. And it's, it's something that can, can really just um, uh, jump out at audiences and that audiences can really embrace it. And, and there's, you know, there's not 
the goal for the goal for us as a festival is not that every film has exactly the same, same amount of attention. They're different tastes. And as you know, a filmmaker once said to me, it's like, it, you know, this film might not be your cup of tea, but it's someone's cup of tea. And that's the thing that's that you're trying to always trying to get to is there's this film and, and I think it's going to speak to a particular kind of audience member and that's really important to us. So it's I'm not quite answering. I don't know that I'm answering your question. No, no, exactly. I, I understand. Um, you're, you're answering. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get the gist and, um, you know, I appreciate um, uh, the feedback and the answer. You had mentioned, um, you know, SF or SF film supported films, um, you know, year round, um, you feature many, um, you know, films that you support and also those that are in the festival, many are SF film supported films, not all of them. I know that um, I'm fine, thanks for asking. I, I love that film, I, I just watched it, that was great. And I know, yeah, and I know, um, you know, that was in competition and won the jury award at South by Southwest. Yeah, that was definitely a unique story and um, that was very enjoyable. And I think a lot of other people enjoyed it as well. In regards to like supporting certain films and filmmakers um, throughout the year, uh, SF Film has grants and fellowships given to certain filmmakers um, for film projects. And in regards to that, how do you choose the filmmakers and the recipients of uh, grants and fellowships? Sure. Um, thanks for asking that. We have a program, our artist development program, it's called Makers. It's led by uh, a wonderful uh, woman, Lauren McBride. And what that, what she and her team do is throughout the year, we have um, grants that are open both for narrative feature films, as well as documentary feature films. Um, separate from that, we have a residency that is about su supporting an artist at a particular moment, perhaps in their career and providing a workspace for them to develop their work and, and build out a network. So with the granting um, on the documentary side, we are uh, looking most likely at feature films that are in post-production. Um, and in need of, of support to get through post-production and finish the film. So one of the films that we have in our uh, documentaries international section at the festival is called Writing with Fire. It's from co-directors um, Rintu Thomas and Sushmit Ghosh. And they, uh, they and that film were selected for our DFF grant last year. And they were in post and they were new on our radar and they were trying to finish their film. And so we were able to support them last uh, last summer with a grant. Uh, they finished the film. They had a premiere at Sundance where they won a couple of jury prizes, an audience award and a jury prize. We were able to do their Bay Area premiere here um, with the festival. And so that's sort of a, an interesting trajectory where we're able to support them. There are um, also grants for narrative filmmakers and those are filmmakers most likely in development on their script. So still in the writing phase, perhaps late in the writing phase um, and can uh, benefit from both a grant that supports them as well as very bespoke um, creative feedback that comes with perhaps a mentor that is a more experienced writer or director working with you that can be strategic advice. Can we help um, give them a little bit of guidance? Maybe they are trying to find an agent. Maybe they are ready to go into production and they're a director and writer and they don't have a producer. Can we help make some introductions? So in fact, during the festival, we had a series of industry meetings that happened on the first weekend where we held um, and curated 
both a set of what we consider current grantees out of the makers program, as well as festival filmmakers with films in the festival for a series of meetings with financiers, distributors, uh, sales reps and agents. And that's all about trying to build your network and build your relationships. So wherever you are at your particular moment in career, you can begin to um, take advantage of momentum of being a recent grantee or, or having a film you know, at, at, at on the festival circuit. That's really wonderful that ESSA Film supports filmmakers, you know, from the very beginning. So that's that's extremely helpful. And shifting gears a little bit, um, you know, um, in regards to like your your new move to ESSA Film, you know, you came from another organization. Um, what inspired that move? And um, you know, um, it was um, fairly recently, and um, you know, you, I'm sure you've been so busy since. And um, what you know, what um, caused you to make that move? And um, overall, how has your time been so far working with us a film? Yeah, I'll answer that last question first, which has been, it's been great. It's been really wonderful. Um, I did. Uh, I moved here, and I started at Essa Film just about a year ago, it was in March of 2020. Um, and as we know, that was, the, that was the month that everything got a little pear-shaped in the US, right? We started, everything started getting canceled. We had to cancel our festival just as I was coming in. Um, we were heading into um, a lockdown and shelter in place and, and all of those things were, were, were happening. Um, I had spent the previous almost 13 years at Sundance Institute and I see the Sundance poster behind you, so I, <laughs> that makes me smile. Um, <laughs> I was at Sundance for a long time and I, I worked in the artist development program. I was the director of creative producing and a lot of the work that I did was specifically with trying to help and support directors, writers and producers as they were embarking often making their first or second film. Um, and I also you know, ran a program that was in collaboration with the festival that was about connecting, making connections in sort of a marketplace uh, that was called Talent Forum that we did for the last couple of years at Sundance at the festival. So this idea to, uh, you know, that has always really excited me is like, what is the nexus of where filmmakers are trying to create something that is both incredibly personal, but meant for large public consumption? And who, who are the, who are the people and what are the places and different organizations and touch points in that ecosystem of coming, starting with an idea that's very, um, starts, tends to start with one person, obviously gets much bigger as you're making the film to how do you get it out to audiences? And that might be starting with a festival and then ultimately through distribution. So for me, what was exciting and what, what really attracted me to SF Film, I was aware of the work that SF Film was doing. It had a wonderful reputation with filmmakers, both for the festival, also through artist development, I had spent a little time in the Bay Area. I have some family here, so that's always a nice thing. And I, and I would come up here quite a bit just to visit friends and family and, and always thought and still think that the Bay Area is so incredibly beautiful and, and the culture is so rich and interesting. So for me, in coming to SF Film, what I was felt so lucky to be able to jump into was a smaller organization than Sundance. So something that had a much more geographically specific location that also interested me. So this idea that we have this hub of audience 
that is very, um, that has been very loyal to our festival over the last, you know, this is our 64th year. So for many decades, um, and a membership that was really robust. We have filmmakers that are very that are very involved also with SF Film, but that that footprint also gets larger. That we have internationally supported filmmakers through the festival, through artist artist uh, program, artist development. So for me, it was this idea of all of these things that I really love about what an arts organization can do in this nexus of where all of these things meet for independent filmmaking and to do it in a really specific way. That was incredibly attractive to me. That's wonderful. Well, you know, we're so glad to have you at SF Film. It's very exciting. SF Film, um, you know, usually has events throughout the year. I've attended many of those events. What can we expect from SF Film in the future? Will yeah. there be more events, you know, after the film festival? For sure. We will definitely have more events. Um, you know, over the years, the, the organization has become much more of a year-round public-facing uh, organization. So obviously the festival is our largest public-facing event. It lasts a long time. There's a lot of different films and conversations and Q&As to access. Um, we will continue to do smaller public programs and they might be series, they might be one-offs. You know, last year we did over 50 Zoom events between March and the end of last year. So I don't know that we'll quite do as many of that. I think the thing, it was a lot, it was a lot and it was exciting to be able to do it. Um, what we want to, as we think about this year is we will start easing back into in-person more. So that feels like a very exciting opportunity theaters, maybe some other outdoor screenings. That has been a really fun thing to be able to do. Um, we are gonna be celebrating our 30th anniversary of our education program. So we will later this year be doing some special events tied to education. And that is, um, will be uh, most likely films and conversations very geared towards students, teachers, families. And that feels very exciting for us. So we'll have that happening later in the year. We will definitely do some special sneaks, sneak preview screenings and conversations with filmmakers. Um, later this summer, but definitely in the fall around award season, that tends to be very robust. We have an awards night at the end of the year. And what's interesting, we did it as everyone did last year at the end of last year as a virtual awards night. Um, and a lot of those awardees Aaron Sorkin and Chloe Zhao and One Night in Miami cast. And uh, they are all still very heavily in the running for Academy Awards. So it feels like we, we were able to have a really special, lovely moment with them um, in December of last year. And it's kind of now all coming to fruition. So we look forward to what our, what our awards night will be at the end of this year. So definitely more to come. And um, we wanna keep our audiences engaged. Um, lot, all the films online are still going to be available through the end of uh, the weekend and keep an eye out. We will have more things in 2021.